The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group Ohio. This hour is sponsored by There is a Season. This is WHIO's Consumer Warrior, Clark Howard. Beware scam artists in Dayton. I'll find you out. This is WHIO meteorologist, Kirsty Zantini. If weather breaks this hour, we will break it. And you're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. There is a season turn, 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 and a time to And good morning and welcome to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf. Gloria is away today. I thank you very much for being here. What's key to remember any weekend you turn this program on is that you'll hear all the important topics you won't hear anyplace else. This show really is pretty different. You know, the topics of change, aging, care, and a host of other issues affecting millions of us uh, every day are the things we talk about all the time, you know, between and among our, our friends and families, uh, water cooler talk or whatever. Um, but there isn't a lot of this kind of stuff in, in talk radio. We've been fortunate here to have been uh, given the forum to be able to discuss these things with you. And you have rewarded us with your loyalty for these nearly eight years, as we've talked about quite a few things uh, in the range of human experience, especially in the latter half of life. We hope you find the topics well worth your time, if for uh, no other reason than simply have things to reflect on. Uh, when we talk about the themes and, and the topics here. These are the things that influence our culture and our, our lives every day. Um, 457-1290 is the number you'll want to jot down today if you can. That's the direct line into the studio, 457-1290. You can always write to us at Bob and Gloria at thereisaseasonshow.com, or you can send a letter. We still like letters. Just send it to There is a Season Care of WHIO Radio, 1611 South Main Street, Dayton, Ohio, 45. Four zero two, And if you missed that address, just give a call here to the station at 457-1290. So recently we were discussing the uh, school shootings. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of stuff, not just school shootings. We had another active shooter thing this past week um, out at the, uh, the YouTube headquarters. Uh, at least it made the news as an active shooter thing, not perhaps on the same scale or having the same motivations as what we've seen in larger incidents. Um, but we've had a lot of these active shooter incidents around the country, and, and there are a lot of questions that have certainly tormented us as a nation. What was the motive? What was his or her mental state? Somebody had to know what was going on, right? What about access to guns? How come see something, say something didn't work? And, and, and plenty of others, right? And on a previous program here and there is a season, we did our best to focus on one aspect of these tragedies, at least as they've affected our schools. Certainly there have been other terrible events, including the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, the First Baptist Church in Sutherland, Texas, and of course the shootings in Las Vegas, which more and more as these events occur seems to already being, uh, be receding from our collective memory. It's hard to believe. It's over six months ago that that, that, that horror unfolded. But in the program that we uh, did previously here, we drilled into one subtopic of the school shootings, the question of, if you could, what would you do to protect our schools and children? It was very specific. We wanted to keep it specific. And we got some great input from listeners about the schools themselves, about the physical buildings and security, and the discussion of whether or not to arm teachers and so forth. Uh, and we had to keep the topic reined in because of the length of our show. We're with you just once a week, uh, for most of an hour, and uh, you know, it, it dictates that we have to be fairly um, concise in our topic matter. Well, today we're going to explore some other dimensions related to school shootings, related to these active shooter scenarios, but really posed through a broader question. Why does there seem to be you know, more incidents of hyperviolence, mass shootings and the like, and why are they so often perpetrated by young men? We'll do our best to keep this within the margins uh, as well. Uh, and with me uh, to help in that regard is our friend and sage, Dr. Stephen Liptak, psychologist with Premier Health and a uh, frequent guest in our program in the past. I want to welcome him back to the program today. Welcome, Steve. Thanks, Bob. Good right. to be here. It's good to see you here in the, in the hot chair again. So uh, 
what did you know and when did you know it? That's, that's what, usually the first question we hit guests with, you know. <laughs> um, we have uh, we have you back here to help. A lot of times we have you on the show here to help us make sense of the senseless, you know. I, I think you were on the program not long after the uh, Gabriel Giffords uh, yes. shooting mm-hmm. a, a long time ago, the uh, representative from uh, Arizona, I think that was. Right. Uh, Gabby Giffords. Um and uh, we've talked about you know teen depression. We've talked about suicide. We've talked about uh, senior depression, anxiety, and so forth. Um, when we first talked about having you back for this show, it was right after the shooting in Florida. You and I had talked, and, and it was amidst a swirl of questions and debate about who knew what, who should have done what, uh, gun freedoms, you know, or, or gun control was was a big topic. The role role of law enforcement was all being bantied about, and. Uh, I had asked you a question about mental health. People were asking about the mental health of the shooter. Without sounding too stupid or too rudimentary about this, what are people really getting at when they say, you know, what about the mental health of that shooter? What does that mean anymore? Um, How is it classified? It's not as if we have asylums like we might have had in previous generations. And people say, well, that's a crazy person over there. Right. There's, there's a lot of stuff where there's gradations of this. What do people mean when they say, what about the mental health of that person? Well, that's, a, that's an excellent question. And it's something very near and dear to my heart because I'm involved, obviously, with my profession you know, in a lot of assessment and diagnosis and a certain amount of risk assessment for things like youth violence and suicide. And you look at mental health, first of all, such a broad category. Um, and it's really interesting about that, how the term is used. So we, we refer to the mentally ill, right? Which is, in a sense, is kind of bizarre because, like, we don't refer to the physically ill. Um, we want to refer to the, the mentally ill as if they're this some kind of concrete, distinct group apart from everyone else. And yet you could be sick or ailing in a numerous physical Absolutely. ways, right? Absolutely. We're all physically ill. S- some of them visible and some of them not, right? You have a limp. That's one thing. You got a cold. You're physically ill. Right, right. And in the same, and I think this is how we have to approach mental illness. Um, if you're a human being, you have the capacity for mental illness. You just do. And we have all, to varying degrees, been mentally ill in our lifetime in the same sense that we've been physically ill. And so if we start to see things in terms of a continuum, shades of gray, instead of this black and white distinction, because, you know, you, you have a school shooting and then the politicians are going to come out and they're going to start talking about we need to do better with identifying the mentally ill that are, you know, this, this link with school shootings. And then the, the mental health folks are going to come out and say, ho, 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 you know, don't characterize mentally ill people as violent because that's just not true. And, and so you have that polarization. Uh, and everyone's looking for a quick fix. And everyone's the, looking for a quick the, fix. The and bad pun is, is the smoking gun, is the bad pun in all of this. They're right. looking for the thing because that act went beyond the pale. There might be murders every day in this country for any number of different motives. Right. But somebody takes it out with you know, a high-capacity weapon and takes out 10, 15 people, and that somehow crosses a line for people in terms of this mentally ill. That's right. And, and I totally get it. Being in the, the field that I'm in, uh, I'm talking all the time about this stigma, stigmatization of mental health. And, you know, a, a big, that's a big barrier to people getting into treatment. And we have to keep working on that. At the same time, when you look at the school, school shooting phenomena, Common sense would tell you that if a person is planning a murder-suicide, they're going to that, there's some mental health component. There almost has to be. That per, if, if we define that as they are essentially deeper and deeper sinking into a loss of reality. They're sinking into this fantasy that they have developed through a lot of complex emotions and thoughts that this is my answer. This is my way out. We'll, time permitting, we'll get into this a little bit later on about this question of reality. <clears throat> Certainly, you know, you and I have had some offline jokes about uh, young men in PS4 or any of these video games, right? <clears throat> We've had Call of Duty was the big thing. Before that, we had hyper-violent grand theft auto games that people wanted to play. And people always ask, well, what's the influence of that? We live in a culture which has 
you know, abortion on demand. We've got a lot of murder because of the drug trade and so forth. We've got, you know, we're soaked in pornography. We've got a very dehumanizing kind of environment that people spend a lot of time with. And so this question of reality for a lot of people becomes very, very foggy after a while if they're amidst this soup. What are they spending their time doing? What are they spending their hours doing? What is this doing to their executive function? Whereas perhaps those things weren't there. A lot of it wasn't there to that degree maybe 30, 40, 50 years ago. Yeah, and there's an old saying in our field that um, you become what you think about. So if you spend a lot of time engaged in uh, violent video play, you start, that doesn't mean that you're going to become violent and that you're going to stab, you know, snap and start shooting people, but you're going to start thinking more in those terms. Um, you're going to, th- you're going to be drawn towards, uh, violent themes and, um, conflict. And, and that's a, that's a dark path. Now, again, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're personally going to become violent, but you could become callous. You can mm-hmm. become very detached uh, from your own emotions and the emotions of others, which is not good. Desensitized, Desensitized. Uh, to a lot of stuff. Uh, see if I can get one more question here before we go to our break. There was a lot of discussion uh, you know, about whether the Florida shooter should have had access to guns. He'd been a catalyst for many visits by law enforcement, had been in and out of some behavioral treatment centers. Nevertheless, he seemed to be simultaneously on the radar and under the radar. Uh, amidst all these interactions with so-called authorities to say nothing of his social media postings or other hearsay around him. Uh, Do you think mental health organizations are too lenient or um, is it because, is it because nobody wants to say, I'm going to put a label on this person, not, not just because of HIPAA and, and, you know, confidentiality, but people have difficulty saying where people is in, are in that continuum and when, are, when somebody actually becomes a risk. Uh, with so many people who had engaged with this particular individual down there, a lot of people were wondering, well, then how come he wasn't flagged? And you know, how did he ever get a gun? And you know, why wasn't there more involvement in, in right. trying to uh, arrest this situation before it occurred? So what what are, what are people in the profession? Are their hands tied, or or is it just? Uh, I really I think they are doing the best they can, and I you know something that you and I had just talked about. Um, where does monitoring and sort of catching people and engaging them? Uh, where does that cross over with personal freedom and rights? Uh, bottom line is that that people in the mental health field can't just detain someone or uh, force hospitalization on them for no good reason. They have to demonstrate that they're a clear risk to themselves or others. You can't, you can't even get into an inpatient psychiatric hospital for treatment unless you're clearly, a, through an assessment process, identified as a risk to self or others. And there's a whole lot of behaviors that fall underneath that line that would be considered red flags that are hinting at risk, but there's no clear statement of risk. And, and, and you can't, so you just can't, like I said, uh, detain that person or force treatment on them. Right, and, and then they spread that news to other people who then have their own volition, their own uh, ability to use that information, perhaps you know, well, in a well-meaning fashion, but also in a negative fashion. Right? right, and it could tag somebody for a long, long time. Right. So it, it's, uh, it's a difficult thing. When we come back, we're, uh, we're going to talk more about other topics related to these, uh, these shooting incidents, about modern bullying. We're going to talk about modern coping, what's changed in the last several decades. What can young people do to deal with pressures old and new in today's world? We'll talk about that and a lot more with Dr. Stephen Liptak. Plus, we'll take your calls to 457-1290. 457-1290 when we continue. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7. WHIO. It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather and traffic. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hi, this is Larry Hanskin. As you may well know by now, I threw out all my brushes and rollers years ago. I will never lift a paintbrush again because of university painters. 
At one point in time, I actually thought I could paint. No way, though. Not ever again. A professional paint job really makes a difference. And I can see the results every day throughout my home, living room, family room, even my man cave basement. So when I needed the exterior of my home painted this year, do you think I went shopping for ladders? No, I did what you should do. I called Chris at University Painters, 630-3800. Chris came out, gave me a complete estimate, and got me on the schedule. Now, speaking of which, the schedule's filling up, so you need to call Chris yourself at 630-3800 and get your free estimate and take advantage of the spring special of 50% off all paint and materials. Have your home really pop after the toll weather's taken on it and leave the scraping, the patching, the caulking, and, of course, the painting to the pros. My friends at University Painters, call today, 630-3800, or go on OnlineUniversityPainters.com. At James Free Jewelers, we love our heroes in uniform, and it shows with our preferred pricing program. We're proud to offer an extra 15% savings to all active military, veterans, police, firefighters, and emergency medical responders. It's just our way of honoring those who serve our country, our community, and those who make the daily sacrifice, who work hard to protect us and spend so much time away from their families. We invite you special men and women to our showroom where you'll be treated with respect and honored with our best price plus an extra 15% off. If you wear a uniform and you're among those who serve and protect us or a veteran, all of us at James Free stand with you because at James Free we know that sound isn't noise but the sound of freedom. 3100 Far Hills Avenue in Kettering. James Free Jewelers. Listen, can you hear it? That's the call of adventure. Whoa, intense. But that's what you get at Miami Valley Gaming. Because on April the 28th, we're giving away a brand new Keystone Cougar half-ton RV or 20000 cash. So if you're someone who's looking for adventure, come down for your chance to win on April 28th. See player services for complete rules. Must be 21. Gambling problem in Ohio? Call the gambling helpline at 1-800-589-9966. What's happening here? Ma'am, over here. So how did you do it? Yeah, how did you pull it off? How did I pull what off? The incredible deal. What? The chicken, ma'am. The chicken. Oh, that. I just went to Lee's. When you bring home Lee's famous recipe chicken, it'll make you feel famous, especially now with our surf and chirp lunch combo. Four shrimp, one breast strip, side biscuit and drink for only $6.49. Good at any one of our Dayton and Springfield locations. Lee's, famous for chicken. I'm working forward to colleagues I call friends. At Synchrony Financial, every employee has a unique ambition. Not just something we look forward to, but something we work forward to. We're hiring call center representatives in Dayton. We'll help you fulfill your ambitions through generous benefits, competitive wages, and work that doesn't feel like it. Apply at SYFcareers.com or text SYF21 to 90206. Synchrony Financial is more than a workplace. We're a working forward place. I'm Robin Trzynski from the Original Mattress Factory. If you're considering paying retail price for a new mattress, this is your wake-up call. Why is there suddenly a mattress store on every corner? Well, just Google mattress markups. Original Mattress is a private label mattress brand sold directly to the public. We own the factory and the store. Why? Ethics. Let's just say excessive markups don't fit our values. Just say no to the middleman. The Original Mattress Factory, thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Dealing with lots of clouds this morning and chilly temperatures climbing out of the 20s, eventually only reaching a high near 40 degrees later today. We'll have gradually decreasing clouds, keeping it a bit breezy, so wind chills for the afternoon sitting in the 30s. Tonight, mainly clear skies, another cold overnight as temperatures drop back down close to 20 degrees. Into your Sunday, plenty of sunshine to start another cool afternoon in the low 40s. Clouds return with a chance for rain to snow showers Sunday night. I'm meteorologist McCall Vrydags in the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Good morning and welcome back to There's a Season. I'm Bob and with me today is Dr. Stephen Liptak as we talk about the other aspect here, one of the other aspects related to uh, some of these large active shooter situations. A lot of them seem to be perpetrated by young men, not exclusively uh, their purview, obviously. This, this thing in Las Vegas is still 
got people scratching their heads. Uh, but we have a lot more to cover today. We're going to talk about bullying. We're going to talk about coping. We're going to talk about how you may be able to start to tease out from uh, some of these younger people why they may be a risk um, or at risk to cross the line. Let's get to some calls this morning. I'd like to welcome Bernie from Kettering. Bernie, welcome to the program again. How are you, Bob? Good. How are you this morning? I'm doing really, really well. Uh, there was a Bill Winters song called Lean on Me, and one of the lines points out that you can't take care of what you don't let show. So I'm sitting here thinking that there are cases in which the person who committed the violent act, no one ever would have known anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be a rarity, but uh, it just shows how hard it is, you know, with mental illness and everything to you know, uh, how hard it could be to solve the problem. Although there should be red flags and there should be, you know, some way to get to people before they even get to that point. Yeah, and, and I think that's a that's a key question, right, Steve? I mean, if, if we're going to get to that as, as the show goes on here. Are there some things, are there some indicators uh, that allow us to, to perhaps intervene before someone goes farther down one of these paths? Yes, uh, there may there may be a lot of people who are right up against that line today who don't commit right these atrocities yes. right. Okay, that 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 was my point. Okay, I appreciate that, Bernie. Thanks a lot. All right, Bob, take care. Let's uh, let's squeeze in another one here. Here's Ariana from uh, from Dayton. Welcome to the program. Hello. Oh, are you guys ready for me? I am ready for you. We've only got about uh, thirty seconds, so fire away. Okay. So I'm just wondering why there isn't more conversation on gut bacteria, because there's a lot of recent research showing that gut bacteria can impact behavior. So I'm thinking in the prevention aspect of things. Okay. All right. Uh, we probably don't have time to get to an answer right here on this side of the break, but uh, why don't we try to put that in the file here, and we'll come back and talk about it on the other side of the news, okay? All right. Sounds good. Thanks. I appreciate your calling. All right, so we will, Steve. We're gonna we're gonna dig into our notes here, and we'll discuss the gut bacteria as one of the elements. We're also gonna talk when we come back about modern bullying. How is it different than what we may have faced in decades past? How much of a factor is it? What makes it particularly hurtful to some? We're gonna talk about some modern coping skills. What may be lacking, uh, not only in our in our young people broadly, but within our schools in particular. What is uh, needed today amidst the tendency or an expectation of violence? And later, we're also going to talk about how culture and media might contribute to violence. What can be done to identify early mental health problems in kids? A lot we're going to try to squeeze in here to our precious hour with you, plus more of your calls. So hang on there if you've been on the line or if you still want to call 937-457-1290 as we talk with Dr. Steve Liptak this morning on the program. 457-1290 when we return. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather, and traffic. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. It's 930. I'm Jonah Adi with a WHIO News update. Our top story we're following. A woman is shot and her baby has to be delivered through C-section. What happened to the shooter and that baby? We have that coming up. More sunshine's on the way after a snowy overnight. I'm meteorologist McCall Vrydags. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up. Now, WHIO triple team traffic. We're checking out the freeways. We've seen a disabled vehicle on southbound 675 at Far Hills Avenue, but also checking out that situation on southbound 75 to the north 675. That ramp is still closed. Still the best bet looks like from this point. To get around that crash at that ramp is to get on 725, go past the Dayton Mall. You can hop on to northbound 675 from there. And our top story in Springfield, a man allegedly shot his girlfriend in the head after an argument got physical. Lindsay Marsh was pregnant, reportedly about 30 weeks along. Marsh was taken to Miami Valley Hospital where doctors safely delivered her baby by a C-section. Right now, Hypes has been charged with felonious assault. I asked police whether he could end up facing any more charges. That would be dependent on how the investigation unfolds. 
That's WHIO's John Bedell. He says the latest reports show a spokesperson in Springfield says Marsh, Marsh was pronounced dead at the hospital. Right now, we're working to get more word on this from the coroner's office. We're being bring the updates on that as we get them. Travis Hypes, meanwhile, is in jail. In Dayton, a man is found guilty of murder in connection to the death of a two-year-old. 23-year-old Ryan St. John will be sentenced on May 1st. The coroner's office says two-year-old Braden Ferguson, the son of St. John's girlfriend, died of a blunt force skull fracture. A jury ruled St. John guilty on counts involving involuntary manslaughter, endangering children, and felonious assault. Well, a man accused of shooting two cops in Dayton is indicted. Tawin Heron Jr. is facing two felonious assault charges and three weapons charges. Cops say Heron shot at them on Bungalow Drive on March 19th. That's WHIO's Ron Otto. He says he's due in court in next Tuesday for an arraignment. Now let's get a look at the forecast with meteorologist McCall Friedags. May see a few early flurries and plenty of cloud cover. Temperatures on the chillier side this morning. We get out of the 20s only to climb to a high around the low 40s this afternoon, but we will see more sunshine. I'm meteorologist McCall Friedags on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Well, the latest scan of the Doppler 7 radar looking all clear. A beautiful morning from what we're seeing on South Main Street in Dayton. It's 25 degrees in Troy, 27 in Springfield, 27 in Dayton. Still a little chilly out there at 933. I'm Jonah Adi on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Depend on it. Hi, this is Larry Hanskin. Life is about risk and reward. So what if I was to tell you there's something that has zero risk and a tremendous reward? The reward of a great night's sleep, night after night after night. That's what you get with my pillow. I know, two and a half years, my pillow has helped me sleep better than I've ever slept before. Now, if you have a sleep problem, obviously, you want to do something about it. But even if you don't think you have a sleep problem, my pillow is going to help you sleep better than you thought you could. That was the case with me. Falling asleep fast, staying asleep, waking up feeling way more refreshed than I have in years. And I say it's no risk. That's because every my pillow comes with a 60-day money back guarantee. And we've got a great offer for our WHIO listeners. Go to mypillow.com, click on the four-pack special, use the promo code WHIO, you'll get 50% off two my pillow premium pillows and to go anywhere pillows. You can also call 1-800 320-1481 and again use the promo code WHIO. Hi, Pete Kasuja here in Old North Dayton where my wife Shirley and I started our garden center in 1963 and now we have customers who come to us every year from Ohio, Kentucky and Indiana. The reason for such loyalty is because they know that we have thousands of shade trees, fruit trees, weeping trees, dwarf trees, evergreens, and flowering shrubs, all ready to load. We also have 16 greenhouses where we grow thousands of bonsai trees and indoor plants and garden plants, berry and fruit plants, and don't forget our green mat grass seed. So today, mow in May. We're about a mile east of the Stanley Avenue exit on I-75, so come out to 1309 Brand Pike and be dazzled. This is WHIO's Clark Howard. I save you money, and the gang at WHIO work hard to bring you live breaking weather, traffic, and news right here. WHIO. Welcome back to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf. Gloria is away today. We're with Dr. Steve Liptak from Premier Health, and we are talking about uh, a lot of the the violence that has surrounded um, uh, these shooting episodes in the country. We've tried to deal with this in in certain chapters uh, to discuss uh, various elements of it because we're, we're so limited here on time to get into this in any bigger way. So today we're talking about uh, some of the factors that may go into triggering uh, violence uh, among predominantly younger men. Of course, it's not always been the case. Uh, and we welcome your calls uh, to this topic. We're going to be talking here about modern bullying and modern coping skills. Also a little bit more about uh, identifying uh, people who are at risk for crossing that line into some violent behavior. And also the role of culture and media in all of this. I'd like to welcome Someone who's been waiting patiently here. Beverly, welcome back. Uh, welcome to the program here on There is a Season. How are you? 
Beverly, you still there? Oh, yes, I'm here. Uh, I didn't hear you say my name. I'm sorry. Okay, sorry. Uh, Yes, I have a question. I have a son who has mental illness. And when I have raised flags, especially at emergency rooms and hospitals, um, how do I get past the institutions that stand in the way when I seek help? So when you say stand in the way, let's let's uh, identify that, and we'll do this as best we can in in uh, in as a, a general way. Uh, if there okay. Are, you know, if there are things that are more specific or, or particular to your uh, situation that we need to answer well, offline, then we can. But generally, what when you say stand in the way, what do you mean? Well, when my son has a psychotic break and I'm aware of it, and I take him to a hospital, um, which is where I think he needs to be. Um, he does not commit it into the hospital. There have been times when I have waited like over eight hours um, and then been turned away. So back to my care. So then he's not able to get the help that I believe he needs. But for whatever reason, the institution, uh, the hospital, deems it not necessary for him to be admitted. And so then where are we left? Do we turn him out on the street if we feel that our lives are threatened? What do they usually what is, say? What are our recourses? What have they said to you uh, in these situations, if you can generalize in any way? Um, well, he's he, um, well. They'll do an assessment, which took over eight hours at one point in time, and they they just say, you know, that he's not psychotic enough to consider him being admitted. Um, so, okay, you know, <laughs> it's as simple as that. We okay, can't help you. All right, and they let, turn you away. And then he has, you know, he has taken actions which are um, put himself at risk and put others at risk. He'll hop in a car and take off and he'll drive to who knows where, you know. Um, so. Okay. Well, let, let's, uh, let's, we'll kick that around here. Appreciate you calling in today. All right. Okay, I'm, thank you. Thank you. All right. So, um, so Steve, I mean, she raises this, this question. We talked about it a little bit off, <clears throat> off the air. Somebody comes into a, a situation, uh, say the an intake environment like the ER, and <clears throat> they've had some kind of a, a episode that's obviously frightened them or caused a great deal of disruption. There's some kind of behavior that is just you know outlandish. They go in there and they go through this um, you know inpatient assessment that Beverly was discussing. What's involved in something like that? What are people looking for? Uh, that you know allows them to say, okay, this person has risen to a certain level that says, yeah, we have to admit them someplace. So typically, the um, the first uh, the, the first response is going to be go to a hospital emergency room, and typically you'll be met by a nurse. Uh, you'll you'll meet the physician that's on call when they become aware that this is a mental health issue requiring an assessment. They'll have a protocol. Uh, they might have somebody physically at the hospital that at that time or someone that they would call in. Typically, this is a social worker, clinical counselor, who will specifically come in to do an assessment to determine if this person meets inpatient criteria. Um, it's fairly straightforward in the sense that to be admitted, you have to demonstrate that you're a risk to self or others. Um that has become stricter over the years. So 30 years ago, you could go to your doctor or an emergency room and complain of depressive symptoms, not even be suicidal per se, and you could immediately be sent to inpatient, which would usually be like a 30-day program. These days, it's different. The criteria is stricter. Yes, some of that has been driven by, by insurance. Uh, but once you meet the the criteria for risk of self to others, you should be admitted to the hospital. Um, I can't speak to the caller's particular situation. Um, I can only imagine how frustrating that would be. I will tell you that a lot of assessment is still very subjective. Um, so even though you can have very specific criteria, how the person assessing interprets that criteria, uh, you could have... Um, same presentation, but one worker says, well, I don't think, I think these are, this is maybe a cry for help. This is something that could be handled on an outpatient basis. Same information, another worker on another night is going to go, oh yeah, this is definitely a risk. I think this person needs to be admitted. And there's no clear way around that. And that again is very frustrating. I will say this, if you're not going to admit 
then you should be having a plan for what you're going to do and what you're going to do instead or recommend. So it's not going to be, well, I'm sorry, your son doesn't meet criteria. Have a nice day. Um, Even if 20 minutes ago the the person was off the off the charts, you know, acting out in some crazy way, but right now they seem they seem fine. And that often happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, they will. You know, I've had parents saying that I could barely drive on the highway. I thought that he was going to jump out the window or open the car door or attack me. And then they get to the to the hospital, and suddenly they're calmer and they're more in control. So people assume that that's a manipulative behavior. Mm, not necessarily. That person may have been very violent and out of control. This is how mental health issues work. It's very, very tricky. And, and, and we alluded to this early on, this, and this does not denigrate this situation or any other. Uh, physical things can be the same way. You know, you have sciatica that acts up in a certain way or you have some other kind of thing that's bothering you physically. Mm. Uh, you go in to the doctor that day. Maybe it's not bothering you as much, but that's the day you had scheduled, right? Yes. Well, does this hurt? Does that hurt? Um, <clears throat> I also likened it to a lot of times what police must face in domestic abuse situations, right? Someone's called 911. They show up on site. They've got a criteria they got to go f- through, right? There may be some indication there's been violence, or perhaps it's just been, you know, a certain level of emotion that prompted the 911 call, fear, anxiety, and they've got to make some judgment that day yeah. uh, about what to do. And they they have certain limits. Obviously, they're not going to get into a protracted counseling situation. Though I know a great many law enforcement people come to know uh, the people that they're serving when there are these domestic uh, abuse calls. Um, and I, I think that's the frustration perhaps somebody like Beverly and others are feeling. What do I do if I'm in that gray area? What is the what is the plan B outside of, oh, gee, this person spiked today. This person caused this activity. What's the recourse? What would you recommend people start to do uh, to investigate, you know, something proactively? You know, right. not the crisis type activity, but something that says, hey, listen, we've had these various episodes, what's our alternate path now? That's right. Well, and I think, um, you know, a couple things here. When when someone is assessing, they can't just assess, and you, you hinted at this a, a minute ago, can't just assess what's right in front of you. Because again, you might get calmer behavior. The person that you're seeing in front of you maybe isn't the same person that was really going off uh, a half hour ago. So assessment isn't just what's in front of you. It's the whole picture. And, and I, I have told this to students that I've supervised, listen to parents, get information from parents and from other sources. It's, it's crucial. And just because you, like I, I have assessed kids with, with hyperactivity, but in my office, they don't move a muscle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't mean that they don't have hyperactivity. <clears throat> they don't have it in that situation. And there's good reasons why that's true. Um, the other thing I think is, is have a team, like for example, a primary care doctor, most of them are very, very good and they are the overseers of your child's overall health. And I think if I was a parent in a situation where I was running into these roadblocks with accessing mental health care, I would go to my primary care doctor and I would try to get that person engaged because many of them will be bulldogs and they will pull their strings because, you know, they're on medical staffs mm-hmm. and they have contacts and they can get things going. And if you don't have a doctor like that, find one. You want a, an, an overseer that's going to be very aggressive and assertive in pursuing the treatment that your child needs. And, and we'll see a family perhaps a little more holistically or see a longer history even with perhaps your child, right? That's right. Uh, to say, oh, gee, I remember when John was, you know, only six and then at 12. And it has some history there that provides some context. Right. And, and there's a right. relationship, too. Well, we, we see a parallel with the elderly, right, uh, where you have uh, an elderly family member and they're, they're seeing four or five different specialists and no one's communicating with each other. It's very frustrating. Yeah. But if you have one person who's sort of steering the train, that's, that's the way to go. That, that can, can be very, very helpful. Let's talk a little bit here about, uh, and by the way, if you'd like to get in here with a question for Dr. Steve uh, Liptak today, 457-1290 is the number to join us. Let's talk a little bit here about modern uh, bullying and modern coping skills. Uh, it's been very easy to say, okay, in the old days, you got frustrated, someone broke your heart, 
uh, or maybe you got insulted. There was fisticuffs in school. There's an old-fashioned world word, right? People fought it out in the schoolyard, or you know, unrequited love. You you did X Y Z, right? But more and more, we seem to see that when somebody's had serious, you know, hardship or a heartbreak or been insulted or had something on social media, they resort to this this other level of behavior. Um, and, and, you know, in the wake of these things, there's all these follow-up threats, schools, you know, having to be closed and all this kind of stuff. What is going on in the sense of modern bullying and modern coping that's different today than, than used to be? Um, well, I think looking at a lot of these uh, typically young men that are committing these shootings, this just didn't pop into their minds. Uh, the notion that they, that they snapped uh, it's simply not true. This is usually a process that is developing and festering over a period, some time of years. And, and, and typically this is proactive aggression or violence, not reactive um, in the sense that this has been building and they reach a point where they formulate this plan and then they start developing this plan. Um, and many of these, even though there's not a there's no clear profile. That's a myth. So you're not gonna you're gonna identify a profile of personality traits that a shooter is going to fit into. Well, but, there's a lot made of FBI profilers right. and a lot of these serial murder cases and so forth. But right. in this thing, you're saying that doesn't really apply. No, no, not real. We know that they're mostly male. Not all, but they're they're mostly male. Um, and most of them have tried to reach out to others. Um, they have typically made threats before, although not specific threats. They have made threatening comments. Uh, they have typically told someone, or ha and often these are often these are peers, but sometimes parents. And usually they identify with some type of humiliation or rejection or very deep-seated wound that they experienced. Uh, and so when you, how does the social media, I think we all see it. Uh, we, we have this whole playground now for being really rotten to other people. And, um, one of the, and again, social media can be wonderful vehicle for communication and linkage and connecting with others. It can then be misused. And one of the biggest problems that we have is anonymity. I can say things through this tweet or post and I don't have to worry about being in front of the other person. I can be a whole lot braver with my rotten comments. Yeah, there's no accountability in that situation. Yeah. yeah. And I think the other thing that has really changed, and you know, when I was a kid, bullying, we all had the image of who the bully was. You know, it was like that kid from the Christmas story movie, right? And it was more the physical aggression and intimidation. And now it's all about destroying a person's character and cutting them off socially and ruining them. Um, and and then you start getting into to passive uh, types of situations where maybe it isn't that uh, a kid necessarily has been openly rejected, but they have been neglected for years and years, always on the outside kind of looking in. And I think when you look at some of these shooters, they wouldn't fit the profile necessarily of a loner. Some of them were in with uh, all the other kids. Some of them played sports and so on. But many of them relate to this feeling of just never really feeling connected to others, uh, feeling neglected, and having this big gulf to where they have a public face, and but then they have this private life that nobody really knows about. Let's pick that up there when we, when we come back. That's an interesting uh, thing, the sense of alienation. Uh, and, and if we can, we'll, you know, we'll talk a little bit about coping here and maybe some spirituality before we, we get out. We've got a lot more still left to go on the program here. We'll also take a, a quick peek at what's coming up here in the next several weeks. We do invite you to stay with us. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Find new roads to savings at Dave Kale Chevrolet and Chevy Trucks. The intersection of Routes 4 and 29 in Mechanicsburg is the place you'll find dependable transportation. Great deals, no doubt, every day. 
for a young family member driving to and from school, for a person who spends a lot of time working on the road, or a parent who doubles as a shuttle service. You'll always find a great deal at Dave Kale Chevrolet and Chevy Trucks. Come see us and discover our big city selection of trucks, cars, vans, and SUVs. Dave Kale specializes in hard-to-find trucks. Think spring. Think comfortable driving. Dave says you'll always get a warm reception at his dealership. We urge you to take the easy country drive where you'll find no hassles, minimum time at the dealership, plus our great selection of GM-certified used vehicles. Find new roads to Dave Kale Chevrolet and Chevy Trucks, routes 4 and 29 in Mechanicsburg. Visit their website, DaveKehlChevrolet.com. Call 1-800-886-1000 to get started. For over 30 years, the place to save is Dave Kale Chevrolet. Hi, Pete Kasuja here in Old North Dayton, where my wife Shirley and I started our garden center in 1963, and now we have customers who come to us every year from Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. The reason for such loyalty is because they know that we have thousands of shade trees, fruit trees, weeping trees, dwarf trees, evergreens, and flowering shrubs, all ready to load. We also have 16 greenhouses where we grow thousands of bonsai trees and indoor plants and garden plants, berry and fruit plants, and don't forget our green mat grass seed. So today, mow in May. We're about a mile east of the Stanley Avenue exit on I-75, so come out to 1309 Brant Pike and be dazzled. Listen, can you hear it? That's the call of adventure. Whoa, intense. But that's what you get at Miami Valley Gaming. Because on April the 28th, we're giving away a brand new Keystone Cougar half-ton RV or 20000 cash. So if you're someone who's looking for adventure, come down for your chance to win on April 28th. See player services for complete rules. Must be 21. Gambling problem in Ohio? Call the Gambling Helpline at 1-800-589-9966. I'm Robin Truszynski from the Original Mattress Factory. If you're considering paying retail price for a new mattress, this is your wake-up call. Why is there suddenly a mattress store on every corner? Well, just Google mattress markups. Original Mattress is a private label mattress brand sold directly to the public. We own the factory and the store. Why? Ethics. Let's just say excessive markups don't fit our values. Just say no to the middleman. The Original Mattress Factory, thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Looking for a new home? Keep all of your searches organized. Go to SipsyKline.com. I created an account on Sipsy Klein's website. I save and follow listed homes that I am interested in and receive notifications about them, like open houses, price changes, or if they're sold. I also really like being able to save my search criteria. That's just the beginning of what you'll find at SipsyKline.com. Have you been thinking about retiring? It could be the most important decision of your life. Tune in to Russell Total Wealth Radio Saturdays at 1 p.m. and now on Sundays at 11 a.m. right here on WHIO for answers to your questions about how to maximize your money during retirement. Plus, learn strategies about minimizing your taxes. Get the facts and learn about all of your options. Tune in Saturdays at 1 p.m. and now Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Part of our Ask the Expert weekend. Finally, a new staffing solution, JP Management Group. JP means just professionals. And with JP Management Group, professionals are exactly what you'll get. JP Management delivers the brightest achievers and best performers, freeing upper management to excel at what they do best. We recruit, conduct background checks and drug tests, and we deliver professional employees that are the perfect fit for you. Boost your company's productivity and reduce heavy turnover, all while saving time and money. Hire just professionals with JP Management Group. For more details, go to jpmanagementgroup.com. Dealing with lots of clouds this morning and chilly temperatures climbing out of the 20s, eventually only reaching a high near 40 degrees later today. We'll have gradually decreasing clouds, keeping it a bit breezy, so wind chills for the afternoon sitting in the 30s. Tonight, mainly clear skies, another cold overnight as temperatures drop back down close to 20 degrees. Into your Sunday, plenty of sunshine to start another cool afternoon in the low 40s. Clouds return with a chance for rain to snow showers Sunday night. I'm meteorologist McCall Vrydags in the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. 
Dayton and Springfield station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic, and our Ask the Expert weekends, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob. We're with Dr. Steve Liptak uh, today. Be sure to tune in for our great programs coming up over here in the next several weeks. We're going to have John Norris from the Better Business Bureau back to talk about some of the scams going on. It's certainly, you know, it's tax season, so there's a lot of weird stuff happening there. We're going to also talk about some other medical topics, uh, dental implants, some hearing technology, uh, diabetes, some things along those lines. There's a lot more, too much to really squeeze in here, uh, but but there's some, some really good stuff coming down the pike here. As we went to the break with Dr. Steve, we were talking about people who fall into this alienation mode that <clears throat> a profile, traditional profiles don't seem to really apply. Uh, it doesn't always have to be the loner or the kid acting out in certain ways. A lot of times the people who have been these shooters have been mainstream individuals that may have had this duality going on. Uh, Talk a little bit about that and what maybe people could do in terms of coping or reaching these people. Um, Let's start, Bob, with... um, I think we have to start looking at, at adolescence a little bit differently. So again, we're not saying that there's a profile, but how many of... The shooters, for example, have been young men between the ages of 14 to, to 20. Um, and we talk a lot about environmental factors. You know, we just talked about the media and social media. Um, but let's talk about, just for a second, the physical changes that are taking place when a person hits puberty and adolescence. And those are huge. And, and, and for me, this is an area of passion because I think it's often overlooked, neglected, minimized. Um, when I look back over some of the young adults that I work with and I'm doing an intake, I'm often finding that a lot of their mental health issues began around the time of 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. And it's not simply because that's when social problems started and they started experiencing more conflict with their peers and, and so forth. There, that's true, but there's a lot of physical things going on, just the hormonal changes. Um, this is when depression for many people will start to set in. So you say, well, I don't understand. My kid was always pretty happy through their, through their childhood. But then they became a teenager and uh, they started acting more well, they were becoming more depressed. Um, there is a study that shows that, that children with ADHD are more at risk for depression, and that's not even secondary. That that depression can occur biologically and it's simply because of also having ADHD, not because of any low self-esteem that comes from that. So we have to start taking a look that there, is, there are some things going on chemically in the brain when these folks are hitting adolescence. And I think the other thing we have to work on is... Um, Stop thinking of teenagers as not caring, wanting to detach, not wanting to be. That's, that's, that's simply not true. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, bro. We always run up against the clock here. We'd love to have you back some more. Some more. Will, you, will you come back on the program? Absolutely. We'll pick up this topic again. Uh, I want to thank you for being here. Thanks so much. Um, I want to thank our listeners for being with us today. Uh, take an extra moment to stop and care for someone in your life or someone you simply encounter, please, this week. Remember, dear friends, never regret growing older. It's a privilege denied to many. For my guest, Dr. Steve Liptak, for my dear friend and co-host, Gloria, who will be back with us soon, for our producer and everyone who, everyone who makes the show possible, a big thank you to you all. I'm Bob Wolf, and uh, we will catch you again next week at 9. Thank you very much for listening. You have been listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Have a blessed week.